Warning. The Christian Patriot Report is a no-holds-barred, unapologetic show that will easily trigger those that get offended by the truth. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. And welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the Jesus Revolution movie, Should the Church Let Transgender and Homosexuals Into Their Church? And a conspiracy theory is proven to be right. All that and more right here on the Christian Patriot Report. You don't want to miss this. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the Jesus Revolution movie, which was released February 24th. And since its release, it has absolutely been killing it at the box office, which has surprised a lot of people because the subject matter is about the Jesus Revolution that started in the late 60s, early 70s. Now, the cast of this movie do a phenomenal job. It, th this movie, first of all, is very well acted. It's very well written. The story moves along at a very good pace. The cast, which playing Chuck Smith is the brilliant Kelsey Grammer, who I don't think there's a movie that I've ever seen Kelsey in that he's given a bad performance. He's that good of an actor. And in the role of Chuck Smith, he absolutely carries his role and carries the movie when he's on screen. He's absolutely brilliant. And even the rest of the cast, like Jonathan Rumi, who plays Lonnie Frisbee, most of you who have watched The Chosen, you'll know him from playing Jesus. And really, that's the only thing I can remember seeing Jonathan in, which was The Chosen, which he does a brilliant job in The Chosen. So to see him in this movie and to see him doing scenes with Kelsey Grammer, who is a, let's face it, he's a veteran of film. Jonathan holds his own against Kelsey Grimmer and does a brilliant job himself in portraying Lonnie Frisbee. Even, I think his name is Joel Courtney, who plays a young Greg Laurie. Again, does a very good job. Now, I do have to give a warning to those of you that haven't seen it yet who do have kids 
that are younger than 10 who were thinking about taking them to this movie. Because my wife and I went to go see the movie. And as soon as our kids found out that we were going to have a date night and we were going to go see, well, what they found out is we were going to go to the movie theaters. As soon as they heard that, they wanted to come. Of course, at the time that we went to go see Jesus Revolution, there was nothing else in the box office that we, that we really wanted to see. So we brought them with us. Now, older kids who are older than 10, you're probably not going to have to explain too much what's going on in the movie because in the movie, there is drug use and the, and the subject of drug addiction, which is early in the movie. Now, it's not so over the top like a Hollywood movie, but they it's pretty graphic. That anyone who's younger than 10, you might have to explain to them what exactly is going on. Because we took our five-year-old son, who's about to be six, and in those scenes, which are pretty graphic, we had to explain to him exactly what was going on. So if you have young children, just know, in the beginning of this movie, there's drug addictions, there's drug overdose or possible drug overdose. The subject of drugs is being dealt with, and it's out there in the open because that's what happened with a young Greg Laurie. He was deep into drugs before he met Lonnie Frisbee and eventually met Chuck Smith and then started working at the Calvary Chapel and started this whole movement that became the Jesus Revolution. Now, the movie is brilliantly done. Because even though my son may not like this movie, when the movie was over and we got done watching the movie, he did, on the ride home, he did say, look, I really didn't like that movie because this is happening, this was happening. He named some things. I'm not going to spoil anything for those of you that haven't seen it yet. But he did name some things that happened in the movie that he goes, I didn't like. That was a little scary. But there is a positive thing that has come from him watching the movie. Because there were plenty of scenes where Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and Greg Laurie are baptizing people in what's called Pirate Cove, which apparently Greg Laurie still baptizes people in Pirate Cove, which is in California, because the setting of this movie is in California. That's where this revolution started. Well, when he saw those scenes, he started asking about what was happening with these people. And when we explained to him they're being baptized because they've, you know, they believed in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They have repented of their sins. And one of the other things that the Bible commands is to be baptized, which we explained to him what baptism was. And he said, oh, I want to do that. So that is a positive thing that now we got to talk to him about what baptism is and what you have to do in order to get baptized because he's he that's something he's looking forward to. So I credit this movie as starting that conversation because this is not something that he normally would have said unless our church does a baptism, which I don't think he's ever seen 
a live baptism at, at our church that we go to. But with this movie, it started that conversation, and it also started the conversation of how to get baptized. What do you have to do to get baptized, which is extremely important. So I, I credit the, the, the director, the producer, the writers of this movie of getting that conversation started with our, with our son. So that is a positive thing that has come from it. Now, my, ulti- my opinion on the movie is this. It's very well done. Is it the best movie I've ever seen? No. Is it the best movie of 2023 as of right now? Yes, it is the best movie that I've seen this year, but the year is early. Am I going to say this is the best Christian movie that I've ever seen? No, not, not, not the longest. But it is a movie that if you are a Christian and you were thinking about going to see it, I strongly recommend you go see it. Just be careful if you have younger children, younger than 10, you might have to explain some things, like I said earlier, which is perfectly fine because it may turn positive where they'll you'll be able to talk to them about baptism and salvation and what some other things. Because here's the other things that this movie was doing that was really cool. Lonnie Frisbee's ministry, when he started with the Calvary Chapel, He started really doing what's now called deliverance ministry, where he was really just, there was no scenes of him casting demons out, but he definitely was healing people of their ailment, whether they had, there's one lady that had trouble hearing in her left ear. There's other ones that had drug addiction. Most of them were people that had drug addictions. So it was nice to see that these people that had these strong addictions Once they gave their lives over to the Lord and became a follower of Jesus, they gave up all that. Now, with this movie being such a hit, because I think it was either number two or even number three at the box office competing against, there's a Marvel movie, I believe it's the Ant-Man movie. I don't exactly know the whole title. And of course, there was another horror movie called Cocaine Bear that this movie had to compete against. And Hollywood is really surprised that this movie has done well at the box office and was able to hold its own against not only a Marvel franchised movie like Ant-Man, but a horror movie. And I think that it's because of the subject matter that's going on and because of what's going on now, because of the whole revival that's breaking out in Ashbury and other surrounding universities. This just plays right into it because this was the last time we really, as a nation, experienced a revival. And this movie does a brilliant job. But there are some things that are coming out now because some of the things the movie doesn't share because, honestly, they don't have the time to really dive into everything because this is a movie that deals with three lives. you got Chuck Smith, who started... Calvary Chapel and started the Calvary Chapel movement and also helped start the Jesus Revolution, who meets Lonnie Frisbee, who's a hippie, who helps Chuck connect to other hippies, who also starts evangelizing and sharing the gospel with other hippies, saving them and starting his ministry, which also he started it with uh, the Calvary Chapel and helped start the Jesus Revolution. And, of course, there's Greg Laurie, who then went on to become the pastor. I think it's 
Harvester or Harvest Church or whatever, whatever the church he is. But if you know anything about Greg Laurie, he eventually became a very well-known evangelist himself, holds crusades, and and is one of the people that I really like listening to his sermons. Um, I even know my wife said that when she had troubled times listening to Greg Laurie, because for some reason he can just make something seem real and just come up with the easiest solutions. He's very good at that. And I agree that he's extremely well, you know, it's a very, you know, he's done a brilliant job with his own ministry, but these are three lives. And in a movie that's, you know, let's face it, it's not three, four hours long. You can't really tell all their stories because one of the things that are coming out is what happened when Lonnie Frisbee after the Jesus revolution happened, after he left Calvary Chapel and started some other things, he eventually backslid a little bit, but fell back into sin because one of the things that he fell into was a homosexual lifestyle, which many homosexuals now are saying, you know, they're praising the movie as saying, this is a great example of what happens when you're gay, which... Look, one of the movie or one of the videos that you need to see is from Isaiah Saldivar. Go to YouTube or go to Google and Google or search on YouTube Lonnie Frisbee's deathbed confession. It's a it's a video that Isaiah did where where a friend of Lonnie explains what Lonnie said on his deathbed. Because if you don't know what happened and, and the movie does say what happened. Lonnie Frisbee eventually contracted the AIDS virus and he died, I believe it was 1993, maybe 94. But for the longest time, he had the disease from, I believe he was diagnosed in 91. He didn't tell anybody until 92. He didn't die until, you know, 93, 94, because he was extremely ashamed about it. But when people say that, you know, he was a homosexual and he embraced the homosexual lifestyle in the deathbed confession, these are the things that he admitted to. He admitted that his sins is what caused his ultimate outcome. Uh, pretty much the reason he contracted the AIDS virus is because of the homosexual lifestyle that he was living during the 80s, which he completely repented of and said that he never considered himself part of the gay community and that homosexuality is in fact a sin. And he, in this deathbed confession, he completely repented of his sin and reconnected with God and started um, doing the evangelism until he contracted, you know, until he was diagnosed with AIDS and then eventually he passed away. But the gay community is going to try to use that as their way of saying, you see, Lonnie Frisbee was gay and he was accepted by the church, which is what should happen, which in the next segment, we're going to dive into exactly how should the church handle this situation? Because Lonnie Frisbee never said that he embraced and thinks that the homosexual lifestyle is not a sin. He called it out as a sin and that he said the reason he's being punished with being with get, uh, contracting the AIDS virus is because of that lifestyle, because the wages of sin 
These are Lonnie's words. The wages of sin is death. And that's the reason this is happening. Well, this is the reason that he contracted the AIDS virus. And it was complete. It was because this was the consequence of living that lifestyle. This is what Lonnie Frisbee said. So to get back to the movie, very well done. Definitely I would give it a rating of a B. A strong B, if not a B plus. I highly recommend those of you who want to go see it. If it's in your movie theater, go see it now. Go check it out. And with that, we'll be right back after this. There is an entire generation searching for God. What you're seeing is not something to explain. It's something to be experienced. This is a house of worship. They're making our congregation uncomfortable. Well, maybe they should be uncomfortable. They don't belong here. They want peace and love. Isn't that the same thing you want? This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. For every generation, it has started with the call to serve. Discovering the purpose and the belonging earned with the title. Learning to dig deep and push through adversity together. Defending our nation and its people. It is a life of great worth and reward. But Marines are never really finished serving. Their commitment comes full circle visible in communities across our country. This is Semper Fidelis, always faithful, always Marine, marking a path for the next generation. Right now, the times we're in, the devil, is he has brought up his arsenal against the church, against the believer. But we need to know one thing, that the abilities of the enemy doesn't take away from the authority that God has given us. You want to be Christian with God's best, filled with the, not only with the Holy Spirit, but filled with the arsenals of heaven. The mind of spiritual warfare, the mind of the good soldier, the one that had been enlisted in the army of God. That's what I'm teaching you in spiritual warfare. I'm teaching you the training. I'm teaching you what you need to know in your life to get you to the finish line. We need to let the devil know that we ain't playing. If you want to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and really be armed and dangerous, man, you need to take this course. You need to be part of something that's going to teach you how to dismantle, disarm every demonic attack over your life. It's going to set you free, and it's going to equip you, and it's going to get you to the place that God wants you to be. You have a purpose and a destiny. Put it in your arsenal. Put it in your life. Put it in your spirit, and be what God called you to be. Special up. It's time to fight. It's time to win. God's counting on us to break the fight to the enemy. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Boot Camp at JohnRamirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. Don Gardner from the Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what team we're going to be. Phillies. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. And you can watch and listen to the Christian Patriot Report at DonGardner.Weebly.com. And let's go Mets.
And welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. We were talking about the movie Jesus Revolution and the how well it's doing at the box office. And highly, I highly recommend it. That if you're going to go see it and it's in the, your local movie theater, definitely go see it. But in this segment, we're going to talk about an idea that has been circulating because many of those in the transgender and also the LGBTQ plus lifestyle are using this this movie, Jesus Revolution, and the life of Lonnie Frisbee as a way of saying, you see, Lonnie was gay, he was embraced by the church, and that's what should happen with us. Look, because one of the things that happened in the Jesus Revolution, you see, Chuck Smith was a pastor at Calvary Chapel. During that time, his church was basically dying. And in the movie, which is what happened, he's, there was this hippie movement that, honestly, he did not understand it. He did not know why people wanted to be hippies. And he even says, I don't know if he truly said this, but in the movie he says, if God sends me a hippie, I'll ask him what it's all about. Of course, his daughter helped Chuck Smith connect with Lonnie Frisbee, who was and is a hippie and was living that type of lifestyle. And ultimately, to not give away the movie, but basically what Lonnie said is what his people, the hippies, are trying to do is they're in a search for something. And ultimately, what they're really ultimately searching for, without knowing it, is God. But they're searching in all the wrong places. They think drugs is going to satisfy it. They think having wild sex is going to satisfy them. They think... All these vices is going to satisfy him, but the only thing that's going to is a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to work. So because what Lonnie did after the whole Jesus revolution started, and he did, as he said, he backslid into sin. He started living a homosexual lifestyle. I don't know how long it was, but it was enough to where the ultimate all the ultimate outcome of that decision was he contracted the AIDS virus and ultimately he passed away. So those in the LGBTQ plus lifestyle and transgender, they're trying to use this as their way of getting the church to accept their lifestyle and accept their sin ultimately. You see, what I believe is this. And what I think churches should do is this. Churches' doors, doors should always be open to anyone of any lifestyle. They should be allowed to come in. I have no problem with that. Churches should, be, should open their doors to transgender and LGBTQ plus people as long as those churches transform them and them being the members of this community, from sinners to Christians, and not the other way around. You see, if the result of letting them into your church is they transform the church by making the church accept their sin, because ultimately, look, if you are a homosexual or a part of the LGBTQ plus community, 
ultimately what you are doing is a sin against God. And I'm not going to dive into it right now, but God says homosexuality is an abomination to him that even in the Bible, it says homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now for transgender, those of you that, that, you know, you think you were biologically born a man, but you think you're a woman, the Bible, really the Bible says God knit you in your mother's womb, that he knew who you were and that there's really only two genders. It says in the Bible, he made them male and female. That's it. Those, there's no other ones. So if you believe anything else and you believe that basically if you believe you are a man or you were biologically born a man, but yet you believe you're a woman, ultimately what you believe is that God wasn't perfect in making you what gender you're supposed to be, that he made a, a mistake. And that's not what the Bible says. Ultimately, what needs to happen is you need to come to the realization that God gave, made you the gender that you are because you have a purpose in life. You have a destiny in that gender, regardless of what you believe and what you feel, because honestly, your feelings can lie to you. The other thing that is another lie is from, you know, the, the members of that community think that we Christians, we hate them. And that's not true. Not from the furthest thing from the truth is that we hate anyone who's a part of that community. We love you, but we can't accept your sin. We would love to share the love of Jesus with you. We would love to tell you about the Gospels and about Jesus Christ and we would love to save your soul but one of the things you have to realize is your lifestyle is a sin because the difference between the hippie movement of the early I mean the late 60s early 70s that started the Jesus Revolution and what's going on with the LGBTQ plus community and the transgender movement is hippies if they didn't do drugs and they weren't do you know having wild sex and doing anything else they were just grew their hair long they did certain other things they just you know they didn't do drugs and they didn't have sex really the lifestyle is not a sin while your communities the bible says your lifestyle is a sin against god so the first thing you're going to have to do if you do come to the church or any church, I believe the church's door should be open to you, but you should not expect to change the church because that's not what's going to happen. And any church that allows any member of this community to change the church is not really a church of God. You're not following what the Bible says. Ultimately, what I believe and what I think should happen is this. The doors of any church should be open as long as the church transforms them from sinners to Christians, not the other way around. And as long as that happens, feel free to come to church all you want. And I hope to share the love of Jesus with you and tell you the good news. And I hope to save your soul by you repenting of your sins. I saw a post from Pastor Vlad who said 
He did a video talking about homosexuality and what the Bible says about it. And he got a lot of hate comments about it. But one of the good things he got is this gay couple sent him a message saying, God really put a conviction on us because we consider ourselves Christians, but we know we're living in sin because we're both married and we're gay. And that's not what God's purpose for marriage is. That's not what, you know, ultimately what we've learned. That's not God's purpose for us and that we should repent of that sin. And by repenting, that means we got a divorce. We got to separate from each other and get right with God and marry who we're supposed to marry because, hey, you have a destiny and you have a purpose. And the thing that the enemy who is Satan would love to do is to deny you of your destiny and your purpose. So I have no problem with churches bringing in transgender people, LGBTQ people, because ultimately they should be able to transform them from sinners to Christians. Because ultimately what the church is, is a rehab for recovering sinners. I'm a recovering sinner. And anyone who has believed in Jesus Christ and has repented of their sins, you're a recovering sinner too. So that's what I think should happen, not what this community ultimately would like to have happen, which is they change the church. Because if they change the church, that church is going to head down to the road of destruction. The Bible also says that, that that has happened to other churches. And when that happens, it leads to destruction. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Listen to me, George. You got a punch like I've never seen. But in every battle, the greatest foe that we will combat isn't here. You live one way your whole life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. George should change his name from poor man to poor man. <laughs> to hurt. What's my name now, fool? Foreman is the new heavyweight champion of the world. Where's all that rage coming from? I don't from? have any rage. And it becomes all you know. Let's thank God for the food, y'all. I bought the food, mama. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. We gonna get it on because we don't get along. Foreman goes down! Who said that? Nobody said nothing, George. Your heart stopped. We thought he was dead. I was. I'm done. I'm not going to box anymore. Do you know what you're walking away from, son? I want to spread the word of God and what I saw. How's being a preacher going for you? It's hard. Harder than getting punched in the face. Sometimes it feels about the same. Hey, fella, come on and enjoy yourself. Power company said we never paid the bill. Really? There's only two things I know how to do. That's box and preach. And preach you won't pay the bills. You made me something once, Doc. You can do it again. It is my destiny to win the heavyweight championship belt again. Last time they saw me, I looked like Superman. But now you look like the Michelin Man. This ain't no beauty contest. 
Michael Moore. He's 26 and unstoppable. How can you beat that man? Foreman is considered an old man in this young man's game. It's now or it's never. Mr. Foreman, that funny little grill deal you signed is starting to generate some substantial checks. Really? Now I'm just surprised they chose a big old fat guy like me to sell a beer <laughs> to help people get lean. <laughs> That's a Marine Corps flag. That's my EGA. These are symbols that are important to me because they're a part of who I am. In uniform or out, you will forever be a United States Marine, part of a tradition of excellence that continues to serve our nation and its people. The pride we earned as Marines is now pride we still feel as Marine veterans. You are the leaders of your community, the men and women who can be counted on, no matter the situation. Being a Marine is such a part of who you are as a person, and your story doesn't end even if you leave the service something that you carry with you your whole life. You are the stewards of a legacy, one that has helped shape this nation with every battle won. I feel honored that I had an opportunity to serve that flag. We're not just Marine veterans, we're proud Marine veterans. We're still always faithful to ourselves, to the Corps, to our buddies, to the whole system. No matter what, you call us, we're gonna be there. Because you are a United States Marine veteran, a title earned, a title embodied, and a title still lived. In the New Testament, is it verifiable that Christians can be attacked and oppressed by demons? Come on. God used controversy. Look, I'm on the list. He used CNN. He used the media. He used all of it to grow a massive size platform. Controversy built our platform. Two genders. It was never about the controversy. It was never about the politics. I thought it was. I thought it was about Trump. I thought it was about COVID. But God built our platform for deliverance. We are headed more into seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. There's a kingdom of righteousness and there's a kingdom of darkness. Something in our being craves something supernatural. If you're addicted to something, you have company. And he said in the last days, the church will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. They will begin to listen to demonic doctrines. He doesn't mind you going to church. He doesn't mind you praising as long as you don't change. There's a great awakening that is coming. The kingdom of God is not about talk. Jesus is king! It's about power and demonstration. It's led on the church in the United States, I believe, needs a reawakening of deliverance because of the evil that's going around. Christians can be under the influence of satanic oppression. 100% they can. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. The Word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe. The plan of the enemy is to keep the church quiet. Come out, 
deliverance is for the church. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And in this segment, we are going to be dealing with something that for the past couple years, the liberal mainstream media was telling Republicans and conservatives and anyone that would listen, this is a conspiracy theory. Well, as being reported by the New York Times and, of course, the Washington Examiner and multiple other liberal media sites, this is no longer a conspiracy because lab leak most likely caused the pandemic. And the pandemic they're talking about is the COVID virus because the Department of Energy has come to that conclusion that the way this virus, the COVID-19 virus, started was from a lab leak in China. Now, I, I love it when a conspiracy theory is proven to be right. Because I remember when we started hearing about, this was before the 2020, uh, the year 2020, when we were hearing about this, COVID-19 virus and how fast it was spreading and how the countries that it was infecting. And of course, we heard about the people dying. We start hearing then that this was possibly a, a leak from a lab in China that they were doing some gain of function stuff, messing with viruses, the COVID-19 or COVID virus, and which from my understanding, the COVID virus really does not infect humans. It mostly infects animals. And what they were trying to do is play with the virus to see if it, would, if it could infect humans. Now, of course, they pulled it off. And we ended up with the COVID-19 virus and the, the, bra the, the breakout that happened because apparently somebody from the lab got sick, passed it on to other people, and it quickly just snowballed. And before you know it, we had this world pandemic and we had to shut down the world. We had to wear masks. We had to do this. We had to do that. And then this, this, this rumor started coming out that it really was a lab leak from China that started it. Immediately, the liberal, the liberal media went on the attack and said, no, that's a conspiracy theory. There's no way this happened. It came from a bat, or it came from this animal, or it came from a marsh, or aliens delivered it from outer space. Okay, maybe the last one wasn't true. That's just me being funny, because honestly, the entire time, I believed that this came from a lab, that that was the more sensible explanation 
of how this virus started. Because honestly, this virus acted a lot like the flu and a few other things. But it wasn't behaving like normal viruses. And it and really it wasn't acting like a normal virus. And they also what was very interesting is when they start talking about the vaccine, all of a sudden they got three in a matter of a few years. If not I think it was less than a year, they had three vaccines. And look, I know about vaccines. I know how they are developed. Sometimes it takes years for a vaccine that's effective and that works because you have to test it. And within a matter of a year, we had three. Makes you wonder, how'd that happen? I mean, I know, I know the U.S. government must have gave a lot of money to drug companies in order to develop this stuff, but some, I really believed that the reason we got these viruses, or not viruses, but the reason why we got these vaccines so quickly is because they had already been working on it long before the pandemic. So I love it when a conspiracy theory is proven to be right. And this story from the New York Times and other liberal media outlets prove that this conspiracy, conspiracy theory was in fact proven to be right. And all I gotta say about that is this, look, I love it when the liberal media uses that phrase conspiracy theorist, because they, they think that that is like, you call somebody a conspiracy theory, they're gonna shut them up. But it proved to be right. We were right. Those of us that believed in this, and because we did our own research, and we looked at how this virus was, was started, and we started reading the facts about this virus and how it wasn't behaving like other viruses. And then we come to the ultimate conclusion that this had to be, a, this was not from nature. This is not how a virus that comes from nature reacts. All other viruses that have come from nature act like this, but this one acted like completely different. So this had to be what we believed a lab created virus. And ultimately what the Department of Energy has proven is that we were right. So liberal media, you owe us an apology for attacking. And social media sites, you owe us an apology for censoring and quieting posts that questioned where did this virus originated from because ultimately we have been proven right those of us that believe that it came from a lab we've been proven right but is there any good at this point no we have three viruses that are not three viruses three vaccines that don't work they will not protect you from the virus they will not prevent the virus. As a matter of fact, if you actually get the vaccine, you're more likely to get the virus and you're more likely to die from the virus. So basically for the past two years, we have been guinea pigs for these drug companies. And ultimately what has happened is the drug companies have made billions of dollars off this pandemic. And you know what's even scary? I saw a clip from an old Jesse Ventura TV show. I don't remember the name of it. It had something to do with conspiracy theories. It could even have been called Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. And in one of these clips, 
This is back in 2009. He talks to a woman who says, one of the things that the world, those who run the government or run the world, what they're going to do is induce a pandemic to force people to take a vaccine. Because ultimately, if a government can force its people to do something, there's no longer body sovereignty. And as soon as they can eliminate body sovereignty, they then can take away your freedom. And Jesse Ventura says, this is governor of the former governor of Minnesota, former professional wrestler and whatever else, Jesse Ventura says, how could this happen without there being a revolution or a revolt? Well, you take a look and study the past two years. People who didn't want to get the jab were demonized. And we were told we were the ones killing people when in fact it's been proven the vaccine has done more damage to people than it's helped. More people have died from the vaccine than the actual virus. That is proven to be right. And those of us that believe that this was a, a lab-created virus that came from a lab leak in China who was doing gain-of-functions research that possibly could have been funded by Dr. Fauci himself, you owe us an apology. And I truly believe, I have a shirt that says Dr. Fauci should be ar arrested. He should be. He should be serving time, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that because I'm probably going to die. So, ultimately, those of you that believed that this was a lab leak, that was where the origins of this COVID virus came from, you have been vindicated. And with that, we'll be back right after this. Is it possible that behind the events transforming our culture, our nation, and your life is a mystery that goes back to ancient times? In his most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking secrets. Uncover the mystery of the gods and how it's transforming your life. The Return of the Gods, the book you can't afford not to read. Get it online or wherever books are sold. few who move toward the sounds of chaos, ready to respond at a moment's notice. And when the time comes, they are the first to move toward the sounds of tyranny, injustice, and despair. They are forged in the crucible of training. They are the few, the proud, the Marines. From the age of eight to the age of 35, 25 years of devil worshiping, my father was a warlock. I was groomed to come into the satanic church to be trained with witches and warlocks. I went to hell as a devil worshiper and came back as a Christian. 
God gave me the gift to expose the enemy to the fullest. I mean, there was no reason for me to in the devil's camp for 25 years of my life and know all the patterns and cycles. And he gave me the wisdom and knowledge to expose the enemy to the church today so you can fight the good fight of faith. God put in my heart to do this amazing spiritual warfare eight weeks training with a workbook. The course is going to train you, it's going to equip you and teach you all the secrets of how the devil operates against the believer. You can be the arrow in God's quiver because when the fight starts, he can pull you out. He can launch you into the devil's camp to make havoc and destroy the works of darkness and set the captives free. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Bootcamp at johnramirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. Don Graham from Christian Patriot Report. We're going to try this again and see what team we get. There you go. There you go. Let's go, mess. Let's go, mess. Make sure you listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongarden.weebly.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And in this segment, I'm just going to go through some news articles that I wanted to shed light on. And the first one I'm going to talk about is from Infowars.com. This is a piece entitled, Top U.S. Grid Operator Warns a More Blackouts and Shortages Due to Biden's ESG Policies, Basically, His Policies on Energy, which... Look, I live in South Carolina. I have not experienced any blackouts yet in South Carolina. I know that I have uh, parent-in-laws that you know live up in New York. They haven't experienced it, but I have heard that there has been blackouts and shortages in places like California and, and, and other places out west that this is starting to happen. And it doesn't surprise me that this is starting to happen because when you look at the Biden administration's policies on energy, it's like they're trying to make America produce less energy. Because either these are the policies that they've adopted that have caused this to happen. Either the cost of producing the energy has gone through the roof or because these companies or how we produce electricity or anything else, you know, gasoline, stuff like that, either they're producing less of it because of the regulations that have now been set on them. They're not free to produce the way they should. Everything's got to be clean. It's the clean new deal or a green new deal, that kind of stuff. And anytime you you put regulations on companies like this, they're going to pass the buck on to us, the consumers. So the price of things are going to go up anyway. You can only blame inflation so much, which is also another cause of what's going on. Inflation does, you know, it, it is a cause of why the energy 
the, the cost of energy in this country has gone up. But the main reason is because of the policies that Biden has adopted in preventing companies from producing the type of energy that we need. They push energy things like solar panels, and now they're pushing for electric vehicles. Yet, as this article shows, companies in this country are not producing enough electricity to meet the demand. And when they do that, there's going to be shortages. And when shortages happen in energy, you're going to see what's called blackouts and brownouts. It's just going to happen. So if you are in a place that is experiencing this type of, you know, the brownouts where the lights are going out or you notice that the power go, you know, you're losing power quite frequently, well, you might as well thank President Biden because it's his policies that ultimately affect how energy is produced in this country. So it's his fault that this is happening. Because honestly, we could produce, as a nation, we could produce enough energy to supply the demand of electricity and gasoline and all that stuff. Because there are resources in this country that we could tap. While we wait for green or clean energy sources like solar panels and wind turbines and whatever else the liberals are promoting, until the technology meets up to where that becomes a replacement for fossil fuels. But honestly, with the current situation we're in, that's never going to happen because creating energy through fossil fuels is still cheap and it, it is an abundant source of energy as of right now. Maybe in the future it won't be like that, but honestly, that's what's currently happened as of right now. So. It doesn't surprise me that people are experiencing more energy shortages and brownouts. Now, I found this next uh, this next piece on BonginaReport.com, which says 60% of Americans have less in their pocket under Biden. And of course they do. I mean, we all feel it. We all feel the crunch through, because the major causes of this is, of course, inflation. Inflation, I think, is uh, at 6.4%, and it's rising. Because if you listen to people like Peter Schiff, Peter Schiff says, really, whatever the number is that the government is telling you, you might as well double it, because that's really what the real rate of inflation is. And let's face it, the government in this country is never going to learn how to balance this budget. They're just going to continue to deficit spend. And honestly, as long as our country continues to spend and not balance its budgets, inflation is just going to be a, a way of life. So that's one way. Another way is by raising taxes on people. And that's what Biden has done. He has raised taxes on, he'll say it's on millionaires and billionaires, but let's be honest. He really has raised taxes on the middle class because that's really the only place that, that really pays the vast majority of the taxes in this country. Because if you really are the super rich, like the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffetts of the world, the Donald Trumps of the world, they don't pay their taxes because there's incentives 
that the government has that if you're a billionaire or a trillionaire or whatever, you know, like Elon Musk, Elon Musk will find ways in the tax code to not pay their taxes. And one of the ways that like someone like Robert Kiyosaki, who's a millionaire, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says the way he doesn't pay that much in taxes is by borrowing money, which he then uses to buy assets, which helps him makes more money, which then he borrows more money. And it's like a cycle. Well, he can do that. And the super rich are doing that. The the richest companies in America or in the world, that's what they do. They keep borrowing more and more money. And as long as that keeps happening, well, and of course we want it to happen to a certain extent, but as long as that keeps happening, you're going to see more and more people like me, middle class, and those of you that make less than 100000 a year, have less in your pocket because the government isn't going to cut their spending. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to cap their spending. They're not going to do anything. They're going to keep deficit spending. And the more they keep deficit spending, the more the Federal Reserve is going to have to print. And the more the Federal Reserve prints, the let's face it, the purchasing power of the dollar will keep plummeting until that dollar is worth nothing. And that's what's going on in this country. So it doesn't surprise me that we see articles like 60% of Americans have less in their pockets under Biden. Of course they do. It's what's going to happen when you follow, when you raise taxes on people and when inflation happens the way that it has under Biden. This is just going to be a way of life. And I don't know if it's going to get any better under Trump. He might, you know, he may cut taxes. That's the one thing that Trump probably will do. If he becomes president in 2024, most likely he's going to cut taxes or at least try to get them back down to the percentage that he had them at when he was president. He'll probably cut regulations. And let's face it, he's not going to curb spending because that's not going to happen. Because as bad as the Democrats are at spending our money, Republicans are just as bad. So, and let's face it, the budgets under Trump were insane. He deficit spent just like Obama and Bush and anybody else prior to him. So I can't see that changing. So inflation is just going to be a way of life. And the last news article I'm going to share with you comes from the New York Post. It says, teachers say schools need to keep students info from, get ready for this word, Christo or Christiano-fascist Parents, apparently parents that are Christians that are really concerned about what their what their kids are learning in school. Apparently, we are Christian fascists. Because the past couple of years, what we as parents have found out and what many parents have found out is what exactly is being taught in our schools. And honestly, some of it. Let's face it, a lot of it is evil. A lot of it is demonic. We pulled back the veil on what's happening in our elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and even colleges, where kids are being indoctrinated to LGBTQ agendas, 
transgender agendas. They're over-sexualizing our children, teaching kindergartners about things that they should never be taught about. Come on. And we have teachers in the school systems. That's This is their opinion on it. I'm the teacher. I understand you're the parent. But it's my job to have the right to indoctrinate your kids to anything I want. No, that's not what your job is. Your job as a teacher is this, to teach them how to read, how to write, and how to do arithmetic. That's it. There's nothing else that your job is. Nothing else in your job description would make you believe that indoctrination is part of your job. And if you are a teacher that believes that you have the right to indoctrinate kids, well, then you shouldn't be a teacher. You deserve to get fired. And I hope as teachers, or as not teachers, but as parents, as we quickly find out what the heck's being taught in schools and we further get involved in either, you know, school board meetings or parents or teacher parents conferences or you know, when we've, I mean, let's face it, you can see videos of what happens when parents, concerned parents have gone to school board meetings talking about the books that should not be in the library, the, the homework assignments that have been coming home the over-sexualizing of our children and how that has, you know, how that has impacted their family and how they are finally taking a stand and saying enough's enough. During this time, more and more parents, if they were able to do so, has been homeschooling their kids, which is another way that I, hey, let's face it, I homeschool our kids, my kids. My, my, my wife and I, we homeschool our kids because we didn't want to send them to public school because we would find out what our public schools were teaching our kids about CRT, critical race theory. It's an abomination. It should not be taught you, because this is how CRT basically breaks down. Because in my family, we have a mixed family. I have two daughters that are technically Hispanic, and I have a son who's white. So with CRT, critical race theory, what if, if we were going to teach that in homeschool? I would be teaching my daughters that they are being oppressed by this system, yet teach my son he's the oppressor because of the color of their skin. That is completely wrong and should never be taught in not only public school, but never be taught, period. Because it is not true. My son, or myself, I'm, I'm white. You can see that from the color of his skin if you're watching the video uh, podcast. I'm not an oppressor. I didn't oppress anyone. By the color of my skin, I, I have not done anything to anyone else. So why would I teach my son that he's an oppressor? It's racist to do that, to indoctrinate your kids that way. So anyone or any teacher that is teaching that crap, you don't deserve to be a teacher. You should be fired. And the more and more we find out as parents, 
And the more we raise our voices up in objection towards this, I hope more and more people run for school boards who are either conservatives or at least Christians, and they slowly change the system. Because I would, I can tell you that the or should I say the invasion of liberals into the education system has been going on for decades now, and this is the result. We're seeing the results now of what liberalism has done to the education system in this country. And we need to fight back against that. Because it's not right. It's not, it's not what should be happening in this country. So I hope that this is the call to arms and I hope more Christians start running for school boards and we start finding who these teachers are because all you gotta do is watch libs of TikTok and see the videos they post of teachers who are either LGBTQ plus uh, supporters or they're, they're in that community or they're transgender, they're part of that community. And they do videos where they talk about, look, I'm indoctrinating their, this is their words. We are indoctrinating your children to our beliefs, which is not your job. And they're so bold because they don't believe there's going to be a backlash to this because there hasn't been until recent. And I hope that this is just going to show more and more teachers who should not be teachers. Because if you truly believe that you, as a teacher, your job is to indoctrinate children, you should get fired. You should be gone. And, and if you are a teacher and you're watching this that believes that your job is indoctrination, I'm going to tell you to resign. You deserve to resign. You deserve to get fired, but you know what? Save some face and resign because we know unless you change, you're not really going to. You're not going to, are you? So with that, we'll be right back after this. The future is threatened by enemies often unrelenting. Unexpected and unpredictable. In the midst of an uncertain and evolving world, the need for Marines to defeat these shifting threats is critical. Enemy drone down. Because the need to ensure stability for our nation has never been greater. There are battles to win for America's future. There is one constant. Marines. A spirit is nothing more than a person without a body, so they have to have a body to inhabit. You know, and they come from somewhere that you can't see. The spirit world is real, more real than people can imagine. They have to have a flesh to fulfill their perverted, wicked, nefarious perversities of life. Everybody's looking for their spiritual guide. Everybody's trying to connect with the spiritual realm. While at the same time, the church simply says miracles don't exist. Angels don't exist. Demons don't exist. My friends, something is wrong. The number one demon 
that needs to be cast out of the church is the demon of religion. You're sleeping with somebody outside of marriage. You're lusting, you're watching porn, you're beating your wife when nobody's looking. You come to church looking all great and stuff, walking around, but you were just out there yelling at your wife, calling her a B-word and all that stuff. And some of you, no offense, but you're in here now. And you ain't manifested yet because you refuse to repent and lose your dignity. He's raising up ministries that's going to kick the door in and tell the devil, let my people go. You see, redemption and salvation is for the lost. Deliverance is to set the captives free. Deliverance is for the people of God. Deliverance is for the church. I thought it was clairvoyant. I did tarot cards. I'm talking the new age thing. I had psychic friends. I thought it was psychic. I'm here to call this culture to Jesus Christ and cast out demons. Because these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. I'm going from the Christian Page Report. We're going to see what country are we? Oh, heck no. Uh-uh. Not under that prime minister. No. But make sure you listen to the Christian Page Report at DonGardner.Weebly.com. Well, that's the show for today, and I want to thank those of you that tuned into the show, that are wa continue to watch the show, and for those of you that share the content, thank you so much. Check out the website, at, the show's website at dongardner.weebly.com, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. Check out our social media. I know we are on, let's see, we are on Twitter, we're on Parler, we're on Rumble, we're on YouTube, we're on Getter, we're, just go to the website, click on social media, you'll see the social media sites that we're on, click on the, the links and just follow, and of course, the audio podcast of this show is on pretty much every platform out there, we're on Apple, we're on you know, iHeartRadio, we're on, I believe, the main one is Anchor.com, which is great for us. So if you're listening to this show on any of those, hit the follow, hit the rate, review the podcast, share the podcast. We just definitely thank you. And for those of you that may want to advertise on the show, well, just contact us at Donald James Gardner at gmail.com. If you want to place an ad on the show, whether it's an ad that you have that we can play because it's a, either a video or if it's an audio, or if it's something you want me to read, it's not a problem. We can work it out. Just send an email to the show's email at Donald James Gardner at gmail.com. And we can definitely. Um, get the ball rolling on that so and with that being said I just want to thank those of you that continue to listen to the show and continue to promote that's one of the ways that you can support the show and show your support thank you so much for those of you that continue to do that 
And until next time, I'm Don Gardner. This has been the Christian Patriot Report. May God bless you. May God bless your family. And may God bless America. And I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye, everybody.